Welcome back to the All Bark, All Bite podcast. I'm Cole Hamilton. And I'm Brendan Souser. Today we're joined by our guest, Mr. Cannon of Oline High School. I am like seriously impressed by your guys' professionalism right now. <laughs> like a little bit taken aback. I don't know if I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm ready for the big leagues with you guys here. <laughs> oh, yeah, it gets pretty serious. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Mr. Cannon's the science teacher and also the golf coach. Yep. Eighth grade boys basketball. Eighth grade boys basketball. All right. You had a pretty good team this year. Yeah. That's yeah. Good, yeah. Yeah. We had to fight some injuries and some just like different illnesses and stuff, you know. And you guys know middle yeah. school season. Yeah. Like very brief. So that made it kind of a challenge, but a sprint. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see where that group goes next year as freshmen. And like, you know, everybody changes quite a bit once they move up to high school level. So hopefully those guys transition well and they could have some success here at the high school, hopefully. Yeah. I watched one of their games. They have a lot of pretty good. Like just solid players, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. They, they like this group has played quite a bit of basketball with yeah. like Mr. Mollis. Like I know he's taken them out and done some different travel ball and stuff like that. And so that that shows in that group they've got some different handlers and stuff. Um, I, you know, Duncan Tripp's younger brother is yeah. like kind of their they're big if you will but he's not like super tall yet so i'll be curious to see kind of who grows where like in terms of height for those guys yeah. in the future because there's like there's yeah. a lot of guys that are pretty similar in height and they're all pretty quick and so that was kind of the cool yeah. thing is like they could play five positions well, i feel like a lot of them are like pretty like similar players to like like just like skill wise yeah which is like nice when you have like a bunch of people you can play take the final shot you know whatever bring the ball up Absolutely. He's got a lot of options. Yeah, and that and that, like that's where uh, that group will be really difficult to defend because they a lot of them can handle, a lot of them are quick, and you know that was one thing we tried to do. Coach Ailers and I is just like stretch the floor with those guys and like get out and run and go because it's very rare that we ran into a team that was as fast as we were through five positions, and so it'll be interesting to see where they go. Yeah, and I'm, you've been our coach. I know you like. Yeah, I know you'd like a group that can run. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I'm sure that was fun for you. Yeah, like I mean, there's obviously a bunch of different b- basketball philosophy out there, but I like running and gunning. You know, like that's uh, you watch like you know we we talked a little bit about March Madness before we turn on the recording or whatever, but like teams are so good defensively if they get a chance to set up. Like if you mm-hmm. can score before they have that opportunity, that's a no brainer. Like, but once those teams, you know, especially at the college level, you guys get guys that are six six that are just as quick as any, you know, five ten guard, like how do you get by that? You know, when they have, you know, the wingspan like you, but can run like you yeah. know, insert some fast person there. What 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 are you gonna do? That's so. how you beat the Big Twelve right now. <laughs> Big twelve. Well, um like was that something like you just like like grew up doing or like yeah. just So okay. Yeah, so like when I was in high school we um I had a I had a good group of friends and you know we we didn't have a ton of height, but there was some athleticism, and that that was kind of our key to our success when we were in high school. Um, is just grinding other teams down till they were too tired. Like we didn't have, you know, we didn't have a Jacob King like for a shooter, you yeah. know, in in, in 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 at our school. But um, we had some guys that could shoot okay, and we just get everybody else tired and then take over after that. So that's. That's the style of basketball that I feel like I know the best, and you guys will figure this out too once you get to coaching. Is a, one of the first things you go back to is what you know the best, and because that's how you can probably. Well, yeah, I've coached a little. Yeah, and yeah. yeah it's, I just realized I'm like I'm just like Coach Mollis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, and so that's kind of what I feel like I know the best on how to coach in, in basketball, and so that's kind of what I revert to, I guess. But but you know, obviously, a good coach tries to to model 
what they do based on their players, but and, but especially with that that eighth grade group that we had this year, I thought that style fit them really well. Yeah, I'd agree. It'll be interesting to see them with like the sophomores now and freshmen, freshmen, yeah. just where they're at in two years. Gr- group. Yeah, I I like the especially with this freshman group. I like some of the work ethic that I've seen from a few guys, and like, and that's where hopefully they can kind of coalesce around that stuff and just kind of buy in. Um, <clears throat> you know, one of the things that. I've been thinking a lot about is, you know, they're, they're, you know, when we have years where we don't have a ton of success, a lot of finger pointing goes on, but at the end yeah. of the day, you know, everybody should really just be pointing their finger back at themselves. Yep, like, I agree. you know, like every coach could be, you know, thinking, Hey, this is something I could do better. Every player could be thinking this is something I can do better. Um, but it's hard to be introspective and, and think about those things and, and, you know, really find fault in your own things that you do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people just aren't ready for that, you know, even adults and kids, right? Like we all know that there's, there's people out there that are adults that, you know, they point their finger at everybody else and say, it's the players, you know, they don't, you know, they don't work hard enough or yada, yada, yada. And to a degree, some of that is true. But, you know, like I said, the first thing you can do is look back at your yeah. own actions. I'd say this year, like for basketball, is probably the first year where, like, we've been unsuccessful and, like, that didn't happen, though. Like, like we oh, weren't, like, pointing fingers. It I was, see. like, like a, the locker room was, a, I'd say, a, like a friendly space for, like, everyone. And it was nice. A lot more fun. Yeah. It was, like, almost the le- least amount of games I've won and probably by far the most fun I've had playing basketball. Well, and like, and sometimes those are just growth years, right? Like, yeah. So, um, I'm going to go way back, but like my dad played basketball in the eighties at Turkey Valley. And so the year, the, his senior year, they went to substate the year before that they had one win, you know, like you know, a lot of things can happen in that, in that year and in that time. And so sometimes like losing is, is part of growth. Like you would never learn anything if you won every single game that you ever did. Like you just think I'm amazing and that's all there is to it. But learning ha- or uh, learning happens through losing in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about like, the guys next year. Like I think they could be around the 500 mark. And then the year after that, I think they'll have actually a pretty good team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have a lot better understanding of like probably where the conference is at than yeah. I mean, just based on mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff. But yeah, I mean like anytime you got a group of guys that's, they get interested in trying to be good and, and working hard. I, I like the direction that any program is going to go when you have those people around. What I noticed about, I think it was about two thirds of the way through the basketball season is really when you guys started turning it around. I think a big thing was that like on the court, you guys were having fun. Cause up until then, I think there was like finger yeah. pointing and well, yeah, there was this, some right this was your fault. But then like towards the end and once you started having that fun in a couple of games, they started getting competitive too. I think that's the big thing. And there was like a collective, like, calmness like i felt like every, yeah. there was so much tension yeah like when absolutely. we were playing and then we could just relax and just play have fun yeah well and that's like that's the goal obviously I, at least for me like and i think for a lot of coaches is like that's what we want like go out yeah. there and play and do your best and hustle hard and whatever happens happens you know like i you know i coach you you guys as freshmen like mm-hmm. I, I could be more I there and it happened a couple times with this eighth grade group. We won some games that we had no business winning, like just yeah. based on like the, our effort and and how we played and our attitudes. It's like I don't feel good about that win. Like yeah, it's nice to win, but like you didn't learn anything. And then that like game. vice versa, you have some games that you lost where it's like you could be like proud of that. Like absolutely, and we yep. had a couple of those, and we had some the other way around. I'd say too, where like we didn't play that well, but. Yeah. happen to win especially those lower level games you know yeah. that, that's where you want to see that growth and obviously even you know you guys being seniors and stuff like that beginning of the year we expect some of that stuff right like hey mm-hmm. we're gonna have some growth and and as long as teams are growing and they're trying to get better I, you can't be mad as a coach like yeah. whatever you know stuff happens be like more of like invested in the process than 
like the result, I guess. Yeah. Probably be the best. Like, I don't know. I feel like that, that's the kind of like philosophy I'd like a coach to have, which I'd say all our coaches do a pretty good job with that. Instead of like, you know, like just being upset because, oh, you lost. Well, and that, and that's the thing too. Like I've kind of, you know, as I've matured, you know, personally, like that's, you know, you hear a lot about the process, the process and like, I never really paid much attention to it, but like, you just have to grind on so many things throughout mm-hmm. life. And like, as soon as you can learn how to grind, you're, you're going to grind to something that's going to make you happy or successful. Like, you know, obviously Brennan, you figured out a lot, like gr- you have to grind on running, right? Yeah. Like, that's not something you can just no. do six months out of the year. You're, you're doing that all the time. And like, now, you know, the mentality that it takes to be good at running, you just apply that same mentality to anything else. And now, you know, like, man, I, you know, if I want to, if I want to read 10 books this year, I got to do a little bit every day. Otherwise it just ain't going to happen. And, and so, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good, good the thing. I noticed with that is like the more like one kid buys in. So let's say I bought into running this year and then like Ray bought in right about the same time. But then after that, like you get Connell to buy in and Jacob to buy in. So the more, I think if you can get two or three guys like really buy into basketball as a sport, then you're like mm-hmm. really looking at a lot more success because those guys start pulling other guys with them. But it's when you have like one guy that's just working that you run into issues. Absolutely. And like you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Like, you know, you talk about you and Ray, like you guys are your older upperclassmen. And that's the thing. It's hard for a lot of people to realize, but there's kids watching you all the time. And mm-hmm. when they see guys like you that are, that are going to be successful and they see you guys working hard, they're like, oh crap. Okay. Well, and part of it too is, you know, these older upperclassmen like, Hey, knock that out. You know, like the, you need to be, you need to match me, match my intensity, match my work ethic. And when they, when they hear some of that from their peers, you know, not from, you know, a coach, like you guys all know, sometimes those things go in one year out the other. But if you yeah. have somebody, your age group say, you're not doing this right. Or, Hey, you know, whatever that might be that that carries a lot of weight yeah so not i've changed subject yeah, a little absolutely. uh well, can you give us a golf preview well i'm i'm pretty excited about this season uh we've got a we got a good freshman class coming in and then last year we had some some successful mm-hmm. like sophomores too um i think ryan mckeeman is our oldest oldest golfer out and you know he's so he's on year four i think and so he's done a lot of growth. I'm I'm pretty excited about this team. Um, they care a lot about golf. They're like golf dorks. They, you know, Brandon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> There's a few of them. You know, they got their they got 35 golf poles in their in their closet. And they think that's a that's a good way to go about building a wardrobe. And I want to be like, fellas, you know, you can only wear those about five months out of the year, and it snows the rest of the time. So, but yeah, no, I I, I like where this group could possibly go. Uh, you know, you talked about Brandon, Brandon Turnier, Ethan Anderson, those guys, they they're play both up. very good. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they've got a lot of skill and they, they've played a lot, um, you know, playing in some of those like junior PGA tournaments and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, you know, not only along with, the, you know, there's some other guys that have maybe not played those tournaments, but they, they came and practiced last year with us as eighth graders. And, you know, they're putting in some time and, and looking to hopefully be, be pretty good. And, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty excited. We've we've got some dudes that I think will. Yeah, it seems like you guys have a, like a pretty good thing going on. Like right now, like like not even just this year, like the next year after that. Yeah, and you know that's something. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I, I came to came to Oline, and uh, I, I had my coaching certificate or whatever, and uh, they you know they offered me the job and I get my sign my contract, all that stuff. And you guys remember Mr. Dravenga? Yeah, yeah. He comes up to me and he says, uh, "You're coaching golf." And I golf in high school, you know, but I'm not, I'm, I'm still not like any expert. And I'm like, 
you know, I'd love to, but I just don't know enough to like actually help people get better at golf. I've golfed. I know what the rules are, but that's about it. He's like, you're coaching. And I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, I guess, I guess I will. And so that's how, uh, Mr. Thomas and I got to start. Cause he kind of was in a similar boat. Like we need somebody you've golfed before you're doing it. And so, um, you know, over the years we've, we've tried to build our indoor equipment, try to get the middle schoolers involved as much as we can. And, um, the reason I, I really like golf is, you know, it's a lifelong sport, you know, yeah. something that when you get old and fat, you can, you can still go out there and whack the golf balls around. And, you know, that's something, you know, you, you get, you and your buddies will do as you guys get older, mm, like yeah. meet up, go hit some golf balls. You uh, know? Yeah. I'll play with some guys even right now, but yeah. yeah. Sorry, Brennan. Nobody's gonna be joining up to go run five miles with you. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. About maybe that. maybe Connell will be running next yeah. year with you. Yeah, maybe you and Ray will have like a, a meet up, and you guys, will be like, hey, let's let's run to the other side of town for fun, and everybody <laughs> else will be like, okay, we'll see you in an hour. We'll just drive there. <laughs> so when's your first meet? Oh, uh, it's next Thursday. Next Thursday. Yeah, it's coming up quick. Uh, we've got Starmont at. Uh, at Hickory here, but I don't know with you guys know this spring uh, sports spring weather, yeah. just a, it's just a crapshoot. So we'll just kind of have to see how the courses and what kind of shape it's in by the time we get there, and, and we'll go from there, I guess. But yeah, how's the rest of the conference looking? Like, are you guys you guys expecting some wins? Hopefully, yeah, I think we'll be competitive with some teams. I honestly haven't done a, t- a huge deep dive into like quick stats from last season, mm-hmm. but you know, anytime you're talking like. Grundy Center has like historically just been a, a good golf school. Oh, okay. D- Denver's going to be good. Um, we we golfed against Denver last year and lost by probably forty or fifty strokes, something like that. Uh-huh. I wouldn't say we golfed particularly well that day, but you know they're going to be solid. Dyke, AP, you know, they're, yeah, they're just they're going to be good. And so that you know, for us to go out there and compete, it's going to be I have to grind. You know, I have to grind here every day until we get to that get that opportunity to compete against those guys. Well, it will be nice, like not going against teams like Waverly, like that. I mean, like yeah, very good. Well, and like so, we do have like a non conference meet against Decora, and Decora is it's kind of like running up in Decora. Golf is big, big business yeah, for those. Yeah, guys. You yeah. Know, they, get, they they probably have thirty five, forty guys yeah. out, and it's kids that have been getting private lessons for a lot of years, and so. You know, we don't have a ton of that, and so it's it's fun to go out there and scrap against those guys. Uh, they have no problem chirping a little bit, like yeah. uh, if they see something that they don't like, they kind of get in get in our ears because you know not every kid that we have out is super experienced in like golf etiquette and stuff like that. You know, some of those things you just have to learn as you go, and uh, the decor kids help us learn some of those things, and and never in like a bad way, just. They they let some of our kids know, like, hey, you don't do that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> One time I accidentally. Well, like I didn't know. I asked the kid what club he was using. He's like, "You can't ask that." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I think that's like a, I think that's a two-stroke penalty, actually." But I'm sure, really, it, yeah, no, he did, it was a JV means. So. Oh, he cut you a little slack. Yeah, you missing the sticks right about now. I mean, you know, I do dude, like golf. Yeah. yeah, Cole broke a windshield. That was expensive. Yeah. Oh, what, was that at the driving range that time? I don't no, know. that was during a meet. I I don't remember. I hit it over the green on hole three. <sighs> I like, do remember this. Yeah. I had to call your mom. <laughs> it's like, hey. Cole broke a windshield. We need some insurance information here. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Well, I was playing terrible. Like it was my first meet. I, was, I couldn't even get the ball off the ground. I just kept like hitting it off the ground. And I think it was even my first hole. So I just like kept the same club. I think I probably should have <laughs> switched changed. it up. Yeah, switch it up. And I just hit it, and I finally hit one far. <laughs> but of course, I was at that point probably too close, and just I right when I hit it, I was like, that's going straight into the windshield. Yeah. And, yeah. That's a rough day. Sorry, I got distracted. Ellie's like making noise. I think she's got to use the restroom, but she'll be fine here for a few minutes. I liked it better when Tegan uh, hit 
Do you remember when he hit one through the house window? Tegan Tavola. Was that at the clubhouse? No, that was was in Wakan. Boy, let me tell you, that was an interesting experience. (laughs) So I walk over there, and there's a couple people that are sitting outside hanging out, and, like, one of their windows is covered with, like, an empty beer box. Like, and so it was in their garage and I don't care remember if Tegan hit the house or the garage, but you could see there was a hole through another window. And like I said, they just patched it with this empty beer case. And so they, I go over there and they're like, yeah, we're going to need, you know, some money for this. And I, all I was thinking was like, I saw how you patched your last window. What are you doing with this money? You just put it in your pocket or what's the deal? Yeah. here? Like, cause you're clearly not fixing your windows, but yeah, I, yeah, that was, well, I remember he, you insisted that he shouldn't use his driver because you're like, you know, there's houses right there. Yeah. Like, I don't, he might slice it. And then he's like, no, I'll be fine. Hits it and just straight in there. And I, you were like, well, I didn't hear glass. <laughs> and then a guy was like, who's, whose top flight is this in my house? Oh, God. I was like, oh, no. I don't remember some of those minor <laughs> details, but like being right doesn't surprise me. You know, that's, yeah. that's kind of what I do. No, because uh, I think I was with him that day. I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's has been some uncomfortable things like that where it's like, okay, I didn't do this. I don't really know how to handle it. I'm just going to have to kind of wing it as I go over here, and who knows what we're walking well, You never know with golf because, like, people build houses right next to golf courses. There's, you know, I'm sure a couple people have hit the clubhouse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, and, like, you know how the driving range is at Hickory. Like, there's cars coming and going oh, all the time yeah. there, and so people are – I always tell the kids, like, you see somebody driving, you don't hit because there's nothing like – there's not – you hit a golf ball and you're not sure where it's going and you see a car coming and all of a sudden your stomach just drops because that yeah. could be a headlight, that could be a hood, that could be a windshield, and you're talking dollars. Like, not not a fun position to be in. Yeah, I remember uh, the year I went up for golf, like Starmont, like half their team got like kicked off the team because they were just hitting golf balls at the house. You know, somebody else range. brought that up too. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't remember that, but I, apparently – there were some kids that were hitting from the driving range and aiming at uh, Weber's house there. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't, I just don't remember that. But yeah, some, you're, it's funny that you brought yeah. that up because we literally just talked about that on Monday when it was nice out. We were out there because uh, Hannah was talking about how many golf balls, you know, that end up in their yard. And so they yeah. just, well, I'm sure I've, I've accidentally hit a couple. In <laughs> I feel like when you build a house by like a golf course, you'd want like golf ball proof windows though. Yeah, that, that I, seems like something. Golf, how much do golf ball proof windows cost? Well, these school windows got to be golf ball proof. <laughs> I, <have no laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Honestly, I, I, I so like the clubhouse has some like plexiglass oh, like yeah. storm windows, I think is what they are. Like it's not the actual window. It's just like a, you guys know what a storm window yeah. is. Yeah. I think it's just plexiglass that goes on the outside. But yeah, I don't know. Well, in Weber's house, you would think is far enough away. Oh, that, that one is really shouldn't be a problem. But yeah, I to hit the house. I mean, like I've gotten like in the yard, never at like anywhere near the house. Yeah, I think yeah, you'd really have to be trying. D- yeah, to get to the house. <laughs> that, that'd be. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the, I mean, it'd be nice to live on a golf course. You hop in your cart and you're right there. Yeah, that's true. You're paying for it in a couple different ways. You got to. M- mow golf balls yeah yeah you gotta <laughs> pick golf balls every time you mow and stuff like that but. all right we're gonna take a quick break here and talk about this men's sweet 16 uh ncaa basketball bracket let's get that started Brian, all right what are your I, thoughts we'll start at like the top left to feel like that makes the most sense all we right. got gonzaga and arkansas um gonzaga hasn't played necessarily that great but i do think they're still gonna take it from arkansas 
Yeah. Arkansas hasn't played that great. Either. I think Arkansas is a pretty weak team. I don't like Gonzaga for the title at all. Um, I don't think either of those teams makes the Final Four. Yeah, but I, I'd say Gonzaga. Betting wise, I wouldn't take either of them. Yeah, but Gonzaga's making it to the Elite Eight. That's yeah, that's, they'll make the Elite Eight um, for sure. I guess next we're looking at Texas Tech and Duke. Texas Tech, they've been solid. Texas Tech looks solid. I'm uh, Duke has too. Duke choked the ACC yeah. tournament. I think Texas Tech takes it. I think Texas Tech's going to take it, too. I, obviously, I wouldn't be surprised if Duke does, but... Like, obviously, my Baylor prediction was bad, but I'm not really sure what happened with Baylor. Texas Tech, if they start hitting shots, that's been their problem a little bit, is they're yeah. not shooting super consistent. I see them getting past Duke fairly easy. And then, I guess, going into... Is that the south? Um, is that the east? I don't really remember how this yeah, bracket works. Yeah, I don't remember. But everyone, either. I think UCLA wipes out of this easy. They'll make the final four. Yeah, UCLA, I got them beat North Carolina. I, I think that'll be a pretty easy one. I'm North shocked. Carolina, they've played they played really good, especially in the first half against Baylor. North Carolina shocked me, but Baylor did almost come back by like 25 points, so that's not yeah super great for their but, record. But their first half was incredible. Yeah, I, th- I think UCLA takes UCLA's that. UCLA's tough, yeah. Purdue and St. Peter's. Nobody's stopping the mustache. Yeah, St. Peter's is going. No, nope. Doug will move on. The mustache isn't being stopped, but I think UCLA will UCLA cut that out too much. Right? California does not like the mustache. Not a big fans, yeah. I heard. So I I, th- I think we're looking UCLA Texas Tech in the final four over there. Um, Arizona and Houston. Arizona was so b- TCU should have got that win. Yeah. Oh, Houston's winning. I, Houston's gonna win. We said Houston would go out first round. I, I will. We said that. Yeah, we had him losing UAB. Oh, I, I, we will take hey, apologize. And any of my brackets, I actually didn't. I must have just said that on the podcast. Um, but yeah, Arizona played awful. I mean, Houston's making it to the Final Four. Yeah, T- That's, TCU was a solid team. Uh, I'll give them credit for that. I think they were under seated, but yeah, I mean, Houston takes that. Michigan and Villanova. I don't think that's much of a question. Michigan's played very well yeah really, but i think it's gonna end here and villanova beats them so we have villanova houston you think houston takes that i think houston's gonna beat them all right and then we're looking at kansas and providence kansas yeah that's not much of a question providence is i have providence losing by quite like, a bit a lot yeah i mean they have some close games haven't they yeah and then iowa state miami this is the one like i'm kind of invested in this one obviously but I think Iowa State's going to take it. A 10 and 11 matchup. I don't think Miami has a great defense. Iowa State has a great defense. The problem is Iowa State has not hit shots with like they have like one guy that's one off like Tyrese Hunter and Gabe Coucher went off the last two games. No other guys has really like Who do you got making until final four out of these guys though? We'll, we'll get there in one sec. Oh, okay. But I think Brockington had like 9 points last game. He averaged like 15 or 16. So if he starts hitting shots, I think he hits and then you get like Caleb Grill. I, I think Iowa State pulls out that one on uh, Obviously, I think Miami's a really solid team, so they have a shot at it too. But I, now this this is where I can defer because we're saying Iowa State. So I think Iowa State beats Kansas. Kansas has beat Iowa State twice this year. I think one of them was actually really close. Oh, one actually Iowa State might have won. It's the one where Caleb Grill's yeah. foot was on the three point line or yeah. not on the three point line, and they called it a two. Yeah, and it was I've actually a three pointer. Um, I think they'll be fi- fire from that. Iowa State's looked really solid these last two games. Like they're close, but they're not watching them. They don't feel that close. Here's my thing: Iowa State's going to beat Miami. 
all I would like, you know, everyone in Iowa is going to get all excited. And then you know how that works. And Kansas is just going to beat them. I mean, Kansas has beat them twice this year. Yeah. Iowa State's defense just, it's looked like it looked at a conference. Like, yeah, at a conference, the defense was insane. And then going into the big 12, it wasn't that great, but I think they can carry that momentum into the Kansas game. Probably. Because like the first couple of games back in the how's, Big Twelve, how's Kansas played in the tournament so far? Pretty good. I, Obviously, they haven't played incredible. Like they're not great. Games. I mean, they were the worst one seed going in. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, let me look at this quick. But I think Iowa State had just they're de- they've been close in games. Have you watched the games at all? Uh, Iowa State. I watched uh, the last one. So they've been close, but they don't yeah. feel that close watching. So they only beat Creighton by. Creighton, Seven points. Creighton's solid. Creighton's I, solid. I think Iowa State was really close with Creighton, too. I think that game will end up being close. So I, I think Iowa State and Kansas is going to be decided by four points. A couple points, yeah. Four points. I agree. All right. So um, our fi- what's our final four here? I'm taking Iowa State, but you might want Kansas there. Our fi- my final four is Gonzaga, UCLA, Houston, and uh, Kansas. Yeah. I mean, if I w- So if Miami wins, I'm taking Kansas, but I'm going off the assumption that Iowa State wins. I'm gonna go Texas Tech, UCLA, Houston, and then I think we're putting Iowa State in there. Um, so who do you have making your final or the championship? UCLA and Houston right now. Um, I'm doing a yeah, what a four and five seed. I have I have Houston beating Iowa State. Not great, but Houston beating Iowa State, future Big Twelve team, super solid defensively. They've pretty much shocked me this tournament. I thought they'd be out pretty soon, and then. I'm saying Houston's going to make UCLA lose in the championship again. Wait, no. No, UCLA's winning. I changed my mind. Yeah. So UCLA, they made the Final Four last year, right? And then got out? They, yeah, they got out on a, they got out on a half-court shot. Okay. Um, Final Four, yeah. I'm not very familiar with UCLA, but I am familiar with Texas Tech. I, I could see UCLA going past, but I think Texas Tech has just been so solid throughout this tournament. I think it's Texas Tech and Houston. I just think Johnny Juzang's going to take over again. Yeah, two Texas teams though. That'd be a that, <laughs> yeah. That is you're right. Two that, Texas. That'd teams. be a good one. Um, if it's Texas Tech and Houston, I think Texas Tech takes it. I I mean honestly, I think the two teams in here that I would think have the best shot of winning are Texas Tech and UCLA. Yeah, I'm 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 going UCLA. I'm going Texas Tech for the championship. Right. Lock it in. It, All right, it's locked. We'll, we'll be back yep, we'll next back week, and yep. we'll we'll tell you how wrong we probably were. Anybody listening that's been to the O line cross country meet, if you've had a guy yell at you like as you're trying to cut a corner, it's probably Mister Kennan. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, I get pretty into it. Like, <laughs> I so, got yelled at a couple of times for me. Yeah, because I, I was cutting corners. I've seen I, I I've seen you that. tell that to other people. <laughs> yes, but, I, yeah. well, at one point, like, so I, I I would literally stand on the corner. Like, you have to go around me, like. And uh, people would still try to cut, and I'm like, kids just don't care. That I don't understand, though. Like that—that's one thing I didn't understand about when, like, when I work those cross country meets. Like, doesn't that make other racers mad? Like, you're literally shaving steps. Well, honestly, I like it because if someone in front of me does it, I'll just follow them and do the same thing. Come on, yeah. have a little integrity here, Brent. It's <laughs> not following the rules. That's not fair. Well, most meets they don't actually have people like watching those. Most Dude, like really, yeah. there was one at West Delaware. We there was like the Xavier kid. They kept cutting me and Ray off. So like the one time he just came through and like threw an elbow at one of us on the thing. So like next one, I just cut it close, like hit him with one. And then that, that kind of stuff, like the flags just kind of make people mad more than I think 
I don't think the flags are needed. And then, like, at one point, we, me and Ray just started cutting through the flags. Yeah, so what happened? What, like, no, no, nothing happens. Most of the time, they don't even have people watching it. Like, state, you don't want to do it, but... And then, like, the flag people also don't want to have, have to, like, walk all the way down and report <laughs> someone. Like, Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I, like, that is one thing that I was always... Like, it's, it's crazy how much strategy goes into turning those corners and, like, the start. Like, I didn't... I always just thought cross country. It's just running. Yeah, just yeah, run. Just go run yeah. and turn left, right, or whatever, whatever direction. But like watching you guys come out of the shoot there, and then because of one year, Coach Thomas and I got promoted to driving the Gator, <laughs> and it was like the best year of my life. Because like you know, I don't get this. Nobody take this the wrong way, but standing on a corner when nobody's running by is pretty boring, right? Like, yeah. You know, like you're on the corner of the course, and you get action for about forty five seconds, and then. And it's nothing again for a really long time, but like driving the Gator, you know, you're right up there with the leaders, you're flying right along and it's crazy to see people jostle for position. Like you were kind of talking about. Well, I remember the start the first time I ever it's ran nuts. into me. I like scared me. I was like, like what is going on? <laughs> starts or something else like in track. I've ripped my dragonflies and my spikes in the last two starts. Yeah, races yeah he done. has like cuts on them every time too. He gets spiked. Oh, because yeah, like there's people, so many people like on the track feet, too. Kinda. Well, that just kind of Wartbrick's fault for sending out 18 guys on a six lane track yeah, that that's cuts crazy. 50 meters in. Yeah, that's that's tough. What's your like, Brennan? So what's your like strategy like on, on a out of the shoot? Like what's what's? I mean, I'm sure there's different strategies. What's kind of your go to thing? I just get out in front and try to stick there. Yeah, like. I, I think almost the first, like, 60 seconds, I'm probably going, like, 380, 350 meters. You're going quick, and then you just kind of coast into it. Kind of, okay. So, I mean, are there, are, are there like, really good cross-country runners that do the opposite? I kind of hang back, let everybody do their thing, and then come well, you up? get boxed in. There's some, but cross is so hard because, like, there's a couple. Well, Starmont, for example, I was up at top, and then I got tripped, and I went back in 80th. It is so. I think I finished fourth at me, but it's so hard to start passing kids. Yeah, because like you just get groups where it's like thirty kids. Yeah, you you got to weave through them all. And like you might be going like half the speed you want to go. I swear. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Probably the extra energy that it takes too to like d- dip and dive and duck and dodge through all yeah. those people and stuff. It's ju- it's just like wearing mentally as you yeah. get through all of them. I remember at North Fayette, there was a little kid on the Gator, and I just completely like cut a corner. <laughs> and there's like th- three guys with me, and the kid goes. Dad, he just cut a corner, and the the dad goes, "Yeah, nobody cares." Oh, <laughs> <a> race. <laughs> well, now that uh, uh, congratulations, Brennan, you just encouraged cheating to a, to a young mind <laughs> that now he's going to think, yeah. "Well, a kid from Owen does it, so it's a it's it's okay." Yeah, he's going to start doing it. Uh, you guys are wrapping up your senior year here. What's the, what's the thoughts? What's the feelings? Um, exciting, I guess. I got, I don't know. Like, not that I like hate high school or anything. I, yeah, I, I enjoy high school, but like move on to something now yeah yeah that's you know, in cedar falls but on my own like that's exciting i feel like that's healthy like I, I i don't want anybody to graduate and feel like god i hate it every year here but like i i would you know as a teacher here I, i'm hoping you're you know people are ready to take the next step in their lives and and move on because you know that's how that's how life goes it's going to be a constant set yeah. of change here for you guys you yeah. know the rest of your life and nothing will stay the same for forever so just you know, hopefully you're in good headspace to move on and, and take on that next challenge. How about you, Brennan? Um, like obviously I got to rack as hard cause I have to like stay focused in the track season, but I'm still like pumped to go out in the summer and then just like get a place up in Cedar Falls with four or five dudes that love running Yeah, and just focus on that with like big, big meets throughout the year, racing against D one guys, hopefully chasing the D one dream. Like that's the goal. But the other thing is like just not fully leaving the community. Cause I feel like a lot of guys end up doing that. 
like I want to stay involved with running and especially like Connell's career going yeah. through. Like I mean, Connell shooting for those school records, and I think he has a shot at him. So, like the more I can do trying to get him at those, I think will help me stay involved with other guys too. Yeah, and I think there's some other young runners in that kind of, in Connell's group. You know, I, yeah, I can't list them all off. I know Caleb Chunks in there. Like you know, the, you got some guys that are interested. That that's awesome, and I think that's been important too. Like you know, we got uh, a couple. You know, your older brother coming yeah, back to coach. I'm, I'm going to do it next year too. That's awesome. I think seventh graders. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's that's like you know that's one thing that I I hope to see more of is like that's we you know Owine exports a ton of a ton of really good people. But very few of them come back. Yeah. And that's what yeah. makes it a challenge. But like, you know, that's what's cool. You know, you guys know Mr. Morgan, you know, he's an old wine grad, right? Like you got old wine or um Mr. Morgan, Mr. Mollis, Grundemeyer, Mr. Grundemeyer, yeah. Mr. Ehlers, you know, even Mr. Thomas went to old wine for a bit, you know, and then you, yeah. you've got, uh, there's a number of old wine grads that have gone out and come back. And I think that's super important to, to growing our school, growing our athletics and growing our community is having good people come back and, and be contributing members. Well, that's awesome. Like when like we play like Wapsie or any other schools in the area, like my dad knows every single person's last names. Cause like all of them, like all of them came back. Yeah. And like you don't see that much here, I feel like, as much. Yeah, it's, it's you know, so I grew up in kind of a, a community pretty similar to Wapsi, fairly yeah. affluent, low, you know, low free and reduced lunch numbers, you know, for students and stuff like that. And there's a ton of people that come back. And, you know, you have some people that, that leave and they kind of look down on people that live back in Northeast Iowa. But, like, Northeast Iowa has a ton of to offer in terms of, like, you know, being involved in your community, knowing your next door neighbor, being with your family, like those things are, are valuable to, to certain people. And I would yeah. say I'm one of those people, yeah. you know, like I don't want to live in Des Moines. I have no interest in dealing with that many idiots all in one spot, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's, it's, there's just so many people there and in here, you know, you can spread out, get some room for people, but still be involved with and know your neighbor. Yeah. And for you, like, it's, it's a great area to teach. One of the, I'm pretty sure it's one of the best in the country is like Northeast Iowa. I think I've heard that. Yeah, you know, as far as those things go, I don't, I don't know all the stats yeah, and stuff I've behind heard it. That. But like, you know, I'm close to my family. We're close to my wife's family, and that's 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 super important. Do you have a Do you have a class? Yeah. All right. All right. We can wrap this up here. That's Thanks. actually yeah. actually you know you guys should add that. That should be your like your ending for this this podcast. It's like when you're done, just hit it with a bell. Like that. Hit it with a bell. I, yep. School's out. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming on. Thank we you appreciate for coming it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Have a good time. We'll see you guys next week. Absolutely. This podcast is brought to you by the Owen Community School District. The Owen Community School District strives to provide an environment where students can be happy, healthy, and awesome in their educational pursuits. They believe that each student can graduate ready for college and or a career. To do so, they provide a safe, nurturing, and engaging learning environment that meets individual wellness, social, and emotional needs. To learn more, visit onschools.com.